Welcome to the Card Insights Podcast with your host, Randy and Keith. Okay, this is the first episode of the, what are we going to call this? The Card Insights Podcast? That sounds good to me. So I guess, first of all, we're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves. My name is Randy. And I'm Keith. And we are, we are brothers from um, Southern California. And I have been back in the hobby since about 2017. Before that, you know, I collected mainly baseball cards in the mid 80s. I also collected in 1998 when Vince Carter was really popular. And again, in 2003, because I wanted to get me a LeBron James rookie card. So I did collect a little bit here and there throughout the years, but, but consistently back at it, I would say since about 2017. Uh, what about you, Keith? Uh, I started collecting in the mid 80s, uh, same time as you probably got started into collecting because of you. And then I came back in around middle of 2018. Yeah, sounds about sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna what uh, what do you want to transition into now? That's just a really brief introduction. Obviously, you know, as we go along with episode uh, two, three, and four, we'll get more detailed into more of, uh, of our background. But for now, we're gonna kind of just gloss over that, and we're gonna go into. I guess we have a pretty strong following, or at least we had a pretty strong following on Instagram for a little while there. You want to kind of explain what we did and and how what happened there? Yeah, we had a Instagram account called Card Insights. And we try to find a matching video clip to match the photograph. So we started to do that. Um, those became, you know, fairly popular. How that all came to being was I, I posted a clip or I posted a card and it was of LeBron James slam dunk. It was a 2019 Donner's optic card. And in the background, I think you can see like Colin Sexton back there. And somebody mentioned in the comments of that card saying, I liked so much that that dunk was against the Cavs. So I said that, and I said, wait a minute, I remember that game and I remember that dunk. So I just real quickly, what I did, it was just kind of splice the card and the clip together. No real editing or anything, just pretty much the card and then the clip. Then I, Keith liked that, so he got more involved and he's more of a, he has more for the sense of the graphics and, and how to do things like that. So he created like little overlays and things that kind of made it look a little bit better. And we got fairly popular quickly. I think we started uploading or started uh, putting those clips on Instagram in probably April, April or May or so. And within, I don't know, four months, we were pretty close to like 4,000 subscribers, 3,500 subscribers, something around there. So that, that page got pretty popular pretty quick. And you want to, you want to tell them what happened next? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. We're, it's still debatable what happened, what actually happened. But I think well, the, the, well, what happened is not debatable. What happened is that the page is closed down, right? Yeah, why? Well, yeah. Why it happened? That's debatable. Yeah, we're still still trying to figure out that. But it could be something as simple as I didn't have an actual like real life name attached to the account. I think the name in in the account was Card Insights, like first name Card, last name Insights, something really uh, ridiculous like that. I think somehow the clips got to their attention and they decided, well, that was an easy way to just shut it down. Yeah. There's, I, I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this too, because a lot of people have asked me as to what happened. Obviously the first thing, you know, that somebody on the outside looking in, or even we thought is maybe it's because of the clips, copyright, you know, um, copyright issues and stuff like that. So whoever owned those clips had us taken down. 
Uh, we don't know that that's true. Could it be? I guess it could be. There's a lot of things it could be. But anyway, so we end up losing the pretty much losing the whole account. Yeah. We had a chance to get it back. But what we were going to have to do was something very unusual, like send a picture of ourselves holding our ID, our ID to, um, to Instagram, and they were going to verify it. And then maybe they would give us our account back. Maybe they wouldn't. It was just very strange. Keith wasn't comfortable with doing that. I really didn't blame him. I wasn't really too comfortable with doing that. I did um, read about it later, though, that that does appear to be somewhat common. I, I did read several other people. Mm-hmm. were asked to do the same thing. So, I mean, it could just be what, what they do. It just seemed very odd at the time, not really knowing anything about it. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people who have pretty big Instagram accounts wanted to know because, I mean, obviously they don't want the same thing just all of a sudden one day it happened to them. But so so I just I decided to start Card Insights too. And we did continue continue reposting some of the old videos to the to the new site. And then we also... But we went, I went back more to the core of what I wanted the Instagram page to kind of be, which was just showing my cards, um, interacting with the community, staying in touch with people that I follow and that I follow on, on their, their podcast or their YouTube channel, basically stay involved and a place to meet up to make deals and stuff like that. So Instagram was really, really important. We don't have um, anywhere near the following that we once had, although in the, it's, we've had the new Instagram page up for a couple of months, maybe a month and a half or so, and we're up to a thousand um, new followers. So that's really, really cool. And a lot of them are the old, old followers that we had ha- had before. I mean, not all of them carried over, of course, but a good percentage did carry over. I mean, the ones that really did like us and our content did follow us back over. So, so that was really nice. Um, you have anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, I think that the reason why we initially got people to follow us was shout outs from some of the more popular popular and more likable people in the hobby, like uh, Chris from House of Jordans would always uh, repost. Oh, he was very, he was very supportive, even before the videos, though. I mean, he was one of the few people that liked, like every card I would put up there, he would like it all the time. Christina, his fiance, is just super awesome, super awesome people. I mean, they deserve a special shout out in, in this because especially her. So I don't know if you guys know this, but I was on her show. She's a super nice person. I talked to her, um, you know, before the actual interview started and after. And she's just really, really great. Very genuine. Um, just very nice. Very, very nice person. And anytime we need support or anything, she always goes and tries to like, like about, I think one time she liked like 50 of my cards in a row to give us some exposure. You know, she's, she's really cool like that. Um, Chris has always been really super nice with us as well. Several people. I mean, you know more of the people because this is this this is what we had on Instagram. Keith would basically do all the interactions, meaning if somebody would message us, if somebody had any questions, he would answer all that stuff. I really wouldn't. I would post a lot of the videos after he edited them, and I would post ninety nine percent of the cards are mine on there. So, um, so you would have a pretty good, uh, who are some of the people that you met from IG that you really, uh, took a liking to? Well, of course, uh, Chris and Christina from house of Jordans, the real 27 guy is a, is a really cool dude. Uh, Kyle from the wax museum podcast. He's really good. Brett, Brett from uh, stacking slabs gave us a, a shout out pretty early on. And, uh, that was really nice, but so many people, so many, uh, there's a lot of people, and I don't want to be just what, trust me, this is what I want to stay away from. I don't want to be a person that just talks about other people in the hobby, the big channels, the bigger people. 
some of the best interactions I've ever had with anybody are some of the people that don't even have a card page on Instagram. It's them on Instagram. Well, they'll ask me questions. You would never know they even liked cards. They, they'll message me and ask me about, oh, did you see the Cavs game? Colin Sexton is, is looking really good. Or those are the, really the people that have reached out the most, at least in my interaction. Not necessarily always the bigger channels and the bigger people. And those are really nice people. But as the, the bigger they get, the harder it is for them to really reach out as much because they have so many people constantly asking them questions and stuff. But for me, the, the interactions that have meant the most to me are the people you would not even sus suspect like cards. And yet they're asking me about them. I'll go to their page and check it out, to, you know, thinking I'm going to see a bunch of cards. And it has nothing to do. It's them and their families. And it's almost like a Facebook type of thing. You know what I mean? On Instagram, like that's what they kind of use it as. So those are really, really good interactions too. Are the people that reach out that aren't necessarily content creators. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. And I would also say the, the great thing about Instagram as opposed to other uh, services is that overwhelmingly the people are very supportive and oh, yeah. it's like 99% oh, positive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is great. Well, it's a, well, that's why um, we also have a Twitter speaking of negativity. We also <laughs> have a Twitter account, right? Yeah. And I've 100% left the Twitter account to you, right? Yeah. But I've never had any, um, really? some, there's some people who will only do Twitter or do Twitter way more often than Instagram. Mm -hmm. I know um, one guy watched the breaks, mm -hmm. uh, Ivan. Mm -hmm. He's like really, he's, he's, he's really uh, big on NBS on, on Twitter, mm -hmm. but he will reach, will retweet and share people who have you know, like 20 followers. And mm -hmm. he's really supportive of the smaller people just yeah. collecting into the hobby. Yeah. And he'll like send out links if he, if he sees a sale or things like that. I mean, so many people are, are just overwhelmingly, uh, friendly and nice. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's a very tight knit community. As, as you can tell, as you can, as, as hearing us talk about it, you know all the people that we've had a lot of interaction with, and probably if you're listening to this, those are the people that you um, listen to or view their content. The community is very very small. This is this is a really great thing for people who are just trying to get started because. Almost everybody that we've mentioned, including ourselves, if you reach out to us or them, they will definitely try to help you. Definitely. I mean, it, it'll be a rare occasion where you reach out to somebody and they just ignore you. That usually doesn't happen. I, I don't think I've ever had that happen before. It, yeah. Um, I, I could say the same. You will get help, even if it's advice, even if it's, if it's you know, I mean, obviously be courteous, but if you're courteous and and, and and you give people time to get back to you, they usually will. And that's a, that's a really, really great thing. So let's move on. Okay, so you had a pretty interesting question, Keith, about um, that you wanted to talk about. And that was following stats. Do you notice, since you've been collecting cards more often, or since you started collecting cards, you said in 2018, that you follow the stats of players more often? Well, yeah, I notice that I, that I do much more. I mean, much more than I'll even stop and watch a game. Like I'll be doing something completely different, mm -hmm. and then I'll um, I'll search Google for NBA and look up all the games that are currently on, and especially for the for the teams where I have where I have a bunch of the players' cards, I'll I'll be checking those nonstop pretty much, and I find myself doing that so often. I'm every single day. I'm I'm doing it now. 
I mean, does is that impact? I mean, you attract success for what reason? I mean, not because you care who wins the game. It's more I want to see how my players that I have cards invested in. I mean, but you have uh, cards. Yeah, I mean, you don't PC anybody though, right? Like you have a, uh, you have just a lot of cards. I have a lot of players that I like because I started collecting them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like, I want to watch all of Luca Luca's games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Young, when he has like a big thirty-five point, thirty-six point game, uh, I get jazzed up about that. Mm-hmm. Some of the players that haven't done so well over the past couple of years that I bought like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. if they have a good game, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. That just makes me feel better. So for some yeah. reason, <laughs> makes me no, feel like a, no. maybe I wasn't a complete idiot for you know, buying well, twenty. Well, let's, well, let's let, let's let's talk a little bit about that. So so. I guess you, so you started in 2018, 2018 was an amazing, amazing time to get started. If you can pick any time in the last, I don't know, five to 10 years, gosh, I'm just throwing a number out there, but 2018 would have been when you wanted, when when you wanted to collect cards because of mainly because of Luca, Luca and Trey, would you, would you agree with that? Yes. I remember when I started in 2017. And I started because um, I'm a a huge Lakers fan and they drafted or they were going to draft Lonzo Ball. And that's, um, I remember thinking to myself, man, and and I kind of was just getting my feet wet back in the hobby. So many different parallels, so many different, like, like what's the difference between a refractor, a hollow, a silver, me trying to learn all of that stuff. And at that time, I, I thought to myself, you know, I would look at cards like from LeBron, you know, from 2003, and then Giannis, especially from, gosh, what year was Giannis? 2012, I guess it was, um, or 2013. And I remember thinking, gosh, why couldn't I have started back in 2013? And this is in 2017, right? Mm-hmm. But luckily, and this is, I'm saying this for any of you guys that are new out there too, kind of getting your feet wet in this. The, the 2018 that happened, um, gosh, it's it's a year and a half, two years ago now, will happen again with some player. You just don't know who it is. So I know a lot of you are getting into the hobby now and said, oh, man, only if I would have started when Luca cards were, you know, $30 for a hollow. You know, I thought the same thing about Giannis. Only if I would have started when, when I could have picked up Giannis's cards for pennies on the dollar. So don't get too discouraged about that because it kind of goes in, in cycles. And that one player will come about again, and you'll be there for it as long as you can continue your grind. And oftentimes it's not that guy who's the number one, number two pick that ends up shining in the end. You'll see the guy who's the 13th pick somewhere down the line that ends up showing some talent that, I mean, you can kind of hit bigger gains on something like that if that's what your objective is. Right. Well, well, my main focus in the hobby and has been since... I found it to, when I first got into it in 2017, I found it to be completely overwhelming. Just so much product, not knowing so many variants of all the different products. So I thought to myself, the only way I'm going to be able to grasp some of this stuff is stick to one product and, and really concentrate on that. I want to know the ins and out of it. And at that time, I chose Donner's Optic. One, because the price point it felt a little more comfortable for me, because even back then, I remember when I first bought my first box. Well, let's, let's go forward. I started in 2017 when I bought my first box of Donner's Optic in 2018. A box was about $90. And to me, that's a lot of money. That's not a little bit of money. But at that point, the Prism boxes 
were $400 at that time. So a significant difference in price. No, they weren't really even close. So I, I decided, okay, well, I can afford Donner's Optic. I can um, collect my favorite players. I really like the rated rookies. I was used to those from back in my mid eighties um, baseball days. So it, it kind of, uh, it, it gave me a sense of comfort. I don't know why, but it just did. I went that route. So I didn't, I didn't, couldn't really afford to buy something so expensive that I didn't know the in, ins and outs of. I bought Donner's Optic. I learned it. I collected it. No intention of flipping, no intention of, um, of even selling, you know, a couple of years down the road. I mean, it's nice. I want my card cards that I buy to be worth more than what I paid for them, but that was not really a focus. My focus was more collecting the players that I liked. And yeah, so so anyway, um, so that's what my suggestion would be to a lot of you you guys is kind of buy what you're comfortable buying. You know, don't overstep your bounds because you're just not going to be happy. Have fun. There's some products though that aren't just aren't really worth buying either though too, right? I mean, right now there's so many. Well, that... they're all they're all you. Well, okay, so so you just hit on something. What do you mean by are not worth buying? There's just some products out there. They're releasing so many different products. And I don't think most people want some of the really, really super lower end Panini products to actually own as part of your uh, PC. And some of them don't even really look that great. Well, but... that that's, you know, that, that's very subjective, right? I, I don't like the way Mosaic looks necessarily. It's not really my thing. But there are people who absolutely love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, they yeah, own I mean, oh, tons of it. There's a lot of people that think that what is the, um, gosh, it's not uh, hoops. Hoops. Hoops always got uh -huh. a bad rap, right? Hoops yeah. is a good looking product now. I, I, I think it's pretty darn good. I think that, I, I, honestly, I think kind of the, the, the opposite direction that you do. I feel as though, like, for instance, you'll see a lot of people on YouTube, right? And you watch these videos and they're telling you what geniuses they are because they bought this card for this amount of money and now it's worth 10 times more than what they paid for it. But they're not geniuses. Anything you buy, pretty much, anything that you buy, if it's hoops, if it's select, if it's Donruss, if it's mosaic, if it's prism, you're going to make money on it. What is the last product that has lost money? What is the last product that people bought that's now worth less than it was in 2018? None. So I think that you got to choose what you like. You have a lot of options. I don't, I don't, a lot of them aren't for me, but if your price point is at the hoops or um, the Donruss, not even optic, but Donruss level, then that's what you should get into. Buy what you like. And I know that goes, I know a lot, everybody says that, you know, buy the cards that you like. And, it, and people use that so much. To me, a lot of times it's often thought about, I think that people just blow people off. Ah, just buy what you like. But truthfully, if you buy stuff that you like, no matter what, you're not going to lose because your cards are never going to be worth zero. If you liked it, there's always going to be somebody else that likes it too. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I, mean, I think I initially got into buying Optic because it was much less expensive than Prism. So I was loading up on 2018 Optic Color, like left and right, because you can get something for $20 
and in prism it was already like 150 dollars or 120 dollars so yeah and, and slowly um optic has not caught up to prism but it's a lot closer than it was before a heck of a lot closer so that's an exciting thing so in my opinion by us selecting Donner's Optic, we kind of won, right? Can you say, gosh, it'd be nice to have a 2018 uh, Luca Prism blue card that's worth, what, $30,000? Yeah, that would be really, really nice. But we decided to go a different path. And I'm happy to say that an Optic Blue number to 49, uh, PSA, PSA 9, sold for $15,000 the other night, which I was really happy about. Because I even think at $15,000, that optic blue number to just 49 was a really, really good buy. <laughs> if you if you have that money, that's a very nice little investment there for you, I think. Yeah, exactly. And you were able to pick those up uh, a year ago, right? So a couple of them up a year ago. Yeah, I was Wrong. able to pick. I was able to pick some up. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about let's talk a little Trey Young. Okay. You All started right. off. You want me to start it off? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, Trey Young is really, really hot right now. I made the decision maybe um, two or three months ago. I had a lot of pretty cool second-year Trey Young cards with Prism. Um, I had a lot of the Pulsars and stuff numbered to 35, I think, or 42. I think it's 35 and 25. I could be wrong there, but low-numbered um, parallels, and I, I sold those over, the, over this past summer. And I sold recently some PSA 9 Silvers. Long story short, I am off the uh, the Trey Young, is it bandwagon or whatever? Yeah, I, I, I'm off of that. Um, I was the first. I was one of the first. Do you remember the conversation we had in 2018 when it came to Trey Young? And I said, buy every Trey Young silver prism at this point that you can get your hands on. I remember having the conversation mm -hmm. and saying, buy every one you could get your hands on for a hundred dollars or less. I remember being in the kitchen on my cell phone having this conversation with you at that time. Um, I didn't buy any. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't think you bought any. But yeah. you decided to pivot and you bought Optic instead, which which yeah, worked, tons which, of Optic, which, which which worked out really well for you. So so that's good. I did buy a couple of. Uh, I bought the uh, cracked ice, which I have sold. I bought three prison silvers, which two of those I have sold. Uh, anyway, I had several that I that I sold, and. Um, and reason being is because for me, it's more than just being able to put the ball in the basket. There's a lot more to it for me. I think Trey Young's good. I am also not a, not a Curry fan either. I've never been. I've never picked up any of his cards ever because I just think that he doesn't have a, a well-rounded game. Now, having said that about Curry, who's a future Hall of Famer, who is a at least, what is he? How many championships has he won? At least three or four, something like that. Um, Trey Young to me is, is a regular season player to me. He's going to do really good during the regular season. He's going to play no defense. I watched him the other night, and he was going against Ja Morant, okay? And I wanted to see this matchup because I like Ja, I li I like ja Morant a lot. He reminds me of it with his attitude and his flair. He reminds me a little bit of Kobe Bryant a little bit in the way, just in his attitude. And attitude means a lot to me, right? For me, and so I, so I watched him play against Trey, and I watched, and I just watched the whole screen, you know, sat back and just wanted to watch them play, no, making no judgments, no speculating, no nothing. And I'm going to tell you something. When I sat back and watched that game, there's no doubt in my mind, even though 
Trey Young scored more points. John Morant's a better player than Trey Young. On defense, John Morant would guard Trey Young. Trey Young would not guard John Morant. They had they had Trey hidden in the corner guarding somebody else the entire game. He plays yeah. half he plays half the game essentially is what he does. Okay. That's true. I mean that 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 bothers me. It it truly does. Also what bothers me is I think Trey Young and this this is this is kind of turning into like a Trey Young, you know, hate fest, but it's it's not really. I'm just I'm just telling you my feelings about Trey Young. The way I feel about Trey Young is I think he's very corny. I think he says a lot of things and he posts a lot of things. They're just very corny. I I don't feel that he's legitimate. I don't feel that he's uh, like a killer. I just don't. Though he just plays a lot to the media and things like that. That's just me. I don't like players like that. Um, But I know you have different feelings about Trey Young, right? I don't. I love Trey Young. My main uh, catch on Trey Young is that you know, I was able to pick up some of his cards fairly early, very cheap, and he started doing really well. I mean, if it was, I also have tons of Kevin Knox cards. Mm-hmm. If Kevin Knox was scoring like 30 points a game, I might be a huge uh, Kevin Knox fan right now. I haven't sold any of his cards, holding on to them. I got them so cheap. I like to see him do well, and I like to look at cardladder.com, either see uh, my card ladder values go up or down. What's the last Trey Young card you bought? I, I got a like a my house okay Trey Young right. or something like that okay well yeah that, that i bought a lot of his second year stuff um i would not put a lot of really money into him i sold i, I got a bunch of them graded and sold right away as soon as i could i probably sold them too early because his, his market has continued to rise since then um you know the thing about it is when i say the things about trey young that i do is you know what you know you know what i think of more so than trey young more so than um, than anything else, is I think about the Trey Young collectors out there that I'm really insulting right now, because people take this stuff very personal. You know, I think about um, what is his name? Is it Lamie James? Lamie Lamie James. James. Yeah. So I like him too, by the way. He's I don't think you know this because you're not on our, our IG as much, but he's very supportive of our IG. He always will go in and like our stuff and write me messages. Hey, I like our, your new logo. So the first thing I think about when I say bad things about Trey Young is I think about him. Like, oh, man, because he has an amazing, an amazing Trey Young, Young collection. But see, he does it for because he loves Trey Young. He, lo- he believes in the player. It's not an investment for him, I don't think. It's he wants to get the rarest Trey Youngs he can get he can get because that's who he's been collecting since Trey Young first entered the NBA. So I don't want to insult people. I mean, dude, I don't know everything. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick any Trey Youngs out to the street because I don't like them. You know what I mean? But I just think he's a little bit overrated, and I'd be very very surprised if he could sustain um, what he's doing in the regular season in the playoffs. Once he does that, I'm all in. I'll say I was wrong. And, um, and yeah, I'll jump back, back on the bandwagon, uh, for Trey young. Yeah. I have no problem with Trey young. I, I like Trey young. I have a lot of Trey young cards. I mean, most likely because you, uh, had suggested that I pick some up, yep, yep. but you also suggested I pick up some uh, Marvin Bagley and some, uh, well, I picked up, hey, yeah. okay. No, so, we, no, so we I, all did. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that. So, mm-hmm. so this is another thing about the, okay. And, um, you have to listen to this very closely because this is this is a, this gets you kind of the frustrating part for me about the hobby. Just because a a player that was a rookie in 2018 is not a superstar yet, 
does not make him washed, does not make him a bust, okay? There is a chance that Marvin Bagley may still be a very, very good player. There is a chance that Kevin Knox can still be a very, very good player. People think just because he's not Luka, because his second year he wasn't av- averaging like a 30-point triple-double, that these players are, are washed up and no good. That is not necessarily true. You got to have some patience. It took Giannis a couple of years. It took Kobe Bryant a couple of years. You, if, if I did my homework, which I never do, I could probably name you a ton of players that it took a while for them to hit, for them to really take off. Luca and Trey are not the norm. They are not the norm. So just because a player you bought in 2018 for pennies on the dollar, um, just because they're not superstars yet, don't start selling them off just yet. There is still time. I mean, some of the best value players, I would say, go get some Marvin Bagley silvers. They've got to be pretty cheap right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it is 100% worth it. If you hit, if you hit, if you buy two and, and he hits, you buy two silvers of, 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 uh, of Kevin Knox, two of Marvin Bagley, and one of them hits and you make all your money back in one of those cards and then some. So it's, it's well worth it. And, you know, you just never know. I mean, there's, there's Colin Sexton, for instance. I was really high on him too. And mainly because of his attitude. You know, I like his fiery, t- I like people with fiery attitudes. I like aggressiveness. Earlier, we talked about stats, right? Do we follow stats? The most important stat to me is attempts. Not how many baskets you make, but how many you attempt. If your attempts are high and you're a young player, I, man, I really love that. I love that. I'd rather a player shoot way too much than not enough. I do. The thing that scares me away from, from a player faster than anything else is a player that's passive. I don't want a player that's passive. I want a player that errs in aggression. You know what I mean? So let's see here. What do we have next on the list? And okay, this is a fun one. Um, I want you to give me somebody, some hobby content that you follow. You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, who are some of your favorite content creators? Na- name me one of your favorites. I-, I had one in mind that I wanted to mention because uh, I know that he's been working on a, on a big project lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had some com- communication with him back and forth mm-hmm. about it. And the Real 20, be- Adam, the Real 27 guy. Okay. He has a you know basketball magazine. It's called uh, uh, Basketball Card Fanatic. Yep, yep. And it comes out monthly. Mm-hmm. I think you could... Uh, you know, you can look them up on Instagram. He'll tell you how to how to get a hold of it. I believe it's ten dollars an issue, but you get a discount if you buy uh, like the whole year's worth of issues. And he interviews um, people within the hobby, and uh, he just puts it out puts out a magazine. I, I just thought that anyone who's going to dedicate that much time to create hobby content just deserves a little shout out. I do appreciate that there are people out there just trying to create content for other people who are, you know, fans of the hobby. I had a very brief interaction. I'm super brief interaction, a couple of them, but the one that stands out the most to me is, um, do you remember when I was collecting the gold, um, optic, my house set? Yeah. So, so I contacted somebody on, well, actually I, I saw a gold, um, number to 10, my house, LeBron on eBay. I, I messaged the seller back and forth. We eventually met up on Instagram. 
he he messaged me and he uh, you know we, we kind of c- came to a price. He said this is how much it is, and and so on and so forth. And I felt uneasy about it because at the time, especially, it was a lot of money for a card. You know, for me now it's nothing. But back even a year ago, nine months ago, it seemed like a lot of money. Anyway, so he's he's he looked at my friends list because I was he could tell the guy who I bought the card from was you know he could tell that I was hesitant. So he goes, hey, I know Adam, the twenty seven guy. So Adam followed us, but I didn't really know him. I sent him a message saying, hey, do you know this person? And do you think it's safe for me to send him, you know, friends and family this amount of money? And he responded almost instantly and says, I've never purchased a card from him, but I would 100% trust him and would not hesitate to purchase a card from him. So I did it. I, I can, and, and he didn't ask me any other questions. He just yeah. instantly responded, really helped me out because had he not sent me that message, I would have, I would have probably not done the deal, so I because of because of Adam per, pretty much just helping a stranger out like me. Yeah. I ended up getting the card. I bought the card. The card is now worth like ten times what I paid for it. You know, thank goodness. And and it was one that I I knew I was gonna have a hard time getting if I didn't get it when I did. So I was really happy about that. Another thing was too recently in the last month and a half or so he, I think he was trying to get a hold of you to ask you to be in the magazine. Um, he wanted you to be in the magazine. He I, he doesn't even know me. Well, no, I know. I I had a conversation with him yeah. through the messages before, saying right. that basically you're the one who, like, you know, you went on Christina's podcast, and and you're basically the guy who will go out there and and talk about what we do. So uh, I think at the time you were really busy, so you, you didn't really yeah. have time for it. Yeah, so. yeah. So if uh, Adam, if you want to reach out to Keith, go ahead and reach out to him. Twitter is probably the best way to go. And see if he can he can help you out with that. Okay, so let's get to me. So, man, there's so many people that I like their content. I am a heavy consumer of content. So let me think about this. How many um, podcasts would you say you listen? Hobby oh, podcasts man. would you would you listen to? I mean, uh, a week. Okay, I listen to pretty much daily. I listen to um, Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh my! I is to that on daily? Is that do they release daily? Every day. They do every day. I didn't know that. Every day. Oh, Um, yes. I listen to, I've just recently started listening a lot to Stacking Slabs. Um, Brett. Yep. Um, I'm talking about hobby. Um, Oh, the very first one I ever started listening to was uh, Mojo Break podcast. Okay. That's a really good one too. Wax Museum, like you mentioned before. Um, Oh, Card Talk. Um, That is with uh, Card Collector 2. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great one. He's a good guy. Yeah. He is a super... now yeah. that man is a really nice person. Always, he, he he has a very strong following. So sometimes you know you reach out to him and he doesn't get back to you right away. But he eventually does. He's very supportive as well. When we got our original page taken down, um, he gave us a shout out and we got a lot of our follows back because of him. Really, he's like over the top yeah. nice person. I mean, he helps everyone. He's like, yeah, he's I mean. Yeah, he did that uh that toy collection and just like really wonderful things that are even outside of the hobby just great oh he's over the top nice yeah Yeah, he's like super nice i really love his podcast too that's really good so but but i'm gonna give somebody a shout out that i really like and it's it's kind of odd because initially i listened to him and i watched his youtube videos and i didn't like him at all (laughs) I thought he was pumping base cards, which really made me mad. Really did. 
because I, I was I had this whole whole anti base card mentality, and I really didn't like the fact that he was always pumping like Luca base tens. But mm-hmm. I changed because I started following his content more and more, watching all his stuff. And it, it's Sasha T. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I, well, I do now. I didn't know before, but yeah. uh, but after you told me, I I did look him up, and yeah, he does have good stuff. So let me tell you something about him. Like, I, like I don't know if I mentioned this to you um, during this show or or privately, but I consume a lot of content, a lot of it. But I have I do not follow advice when it comes to what to buy. I just don't listen to it for those reasons. I find it entertaining to listen to. I like to to hear people talk about the hobby, to talk about cards, to talk about what they're buying or what other people are buying. I find that to be really fascinating. But I rarely, if ever, never take advice as to buy this guy, it's going to explode. I just don't do that. I don't know why I don't. I'm the opposite. If somebody tells me to buy something, I absolutely will not buy that person. I, I don't listen to content for that. I am pretty stuck in my ways and I buy who, who I want to buy, who I believe in. That's just the way I am. I will always be that way. Sasha T. I have a lot of respect for him and the way he speculates cards. He is one of the few people, the few people that I, when he talks about cards of what's going to happen, that I really listen to. Because he has been right, gosh, a lot. And you can't say that a lot about a lot of people. A lot of people are very broad. And they'll throw out a player here and there and here and there. Just to kind of, you know, a lot of it's for entertainment purposes. I don't know how much belief they really have in it. Or, or they're very low level. Tie, like pick up a $2, you know, Devontae Graham or something like that. You know what I mean? Like kind of throwing stuff out there. A $2 card, yes, you're probably going to gain value over the course of six months and it's going to be worth, you know, 50% more than what you bought it for. Yeah, we all can kind of give those kind of speculative moves. But Sasha gives us speculative moves that I like. He talks a lot about certain prism based PSA 10s, about silvers. He was right about that. He's been right about a lot of friggin' things. Ironically, I made a pretty, I, I sold some cards to him. And as I'm, as I'm driving to meet him at this card shop to sell him the cards, I'm thinking to myself, I know I'm getting the worst end of this deal because I respect him so much on what he buys that he wouldn't be buying it unless he was getting a good deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but that was okay. I mean, it, it worked out and, and that's fine. But um, the Sasha T, uh, T show on YouTube, he does it with a guy named um, Coleman Cards. And I think Stiller's Collector, I forget that, but anyway, kind of like a roundtable show that I really like. He visits a lot of like card conventions and card shops and things like that. I have a lot of respect for him and the way that he collects and the, the type of content that he puts out. He's, I was on one of his episodes of his shows, by the way. I think I, I saw that. Yeah, um, but, but he's really, really, really good. And, and also super cool, dude. Couldn't have been more polite. And anyway, big fan of his. Watch the Sasha T show on YouTube. I think he has a podcast too. I mainly consume all his YouTube, all his content on YouTube though. So, so yeah. So that was our uh, first episode. So what'd you think? It can only yeah. go, it can, it only get better from here, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm from my, you were great. I thought you were great. Uh, I'm still kind of uh, getting my footing. Yeah. I don't want to talk, but I don't have, my collection is very uh, sparse. I don't, I pretty much just see some a player that I like and I'll, and I'll pick up a few cards until I kind of get sick of buying those cards and then, and then I'll move on. <laughs> I don't really have a strong preference because, I mean, really, 
you you want to buy your home team players besides like the home team the only other player i've been like really able to want to follow is luca mm-hmm. when luca was on his run uh, last year like i enjoyed watching uh the mavs games but really you want to you want to root for your home team you want you want to find a player on your well, home team to collect which we have what, lebron well so. that's why you and i are, are a lot different because to me i the reason why i've always wanted to get another team to follow you know, not just the Lakers, not just the Dodgers. What if I could really love another team? I just have not been able to find another team that I loved like I do our local teams that we grew up with. But yeah. now I have Luca. I have that player. I watch the Mavs, something I would have never done. You know, even Trey, who I've kind of bashed a little bit, forgive me. But when he's on, guess what? I want to watch the Hawks. I'm going to follow. Hey, I wonder what Trey's doing today. It just made everything sports it opened up the world a lot for me, uh, made it a lot more entertaining for me. So, and even like the Lakers, the, the baby Lakers, we call them Lonzo and Ingram and who else was traded away? Hart. Anyway, all the, our whole, yeah, Hart, our whole team was traded away. But yeah. now I lost them from the Lakers. And before I started collecting cards, those players are pretty much gone forever. I don't care about them anymore. They're not Lakers anymore. But now, since I am so vested in them when they were Lakers and I have several of their cards, I still follow them and I still like, I still have a piece of those players, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? And that will bring me to just a really quick speculation, which I don't think I'm going to do too often on this, but I do, I do want to say one thing. Brandon Ingram. I go away from Brandon Ingram and always find myself circling back to get more Brandon Ingram cards. That kid is going to be a star, a star. And he is super young. I do not sleep on Brandon Ingram. Optic, prism, whatever you can afford, whatever the best you can afford, buy Brandon Ingram cards. I am telling you, he is a star. I made a post today on our Instagram where I posted a gold optic Brandon Ingram, not a rookie or anything. It's like 2018, but a gold optic Brandon Ingram. And I said, don't, don't be fooled. Brandon Ingram is the best player on the Pelicans. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Hmm. You know, everybody's in love with, 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 with Zion and everybody's paying or people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars for his prism uh, PSA tens and, and, and all these things. Brandon Ingram's the best player on that team. And I do not see Zion overtaking him anytime soon. So that, 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 that's, that's all I can say. I, I go away from abandoning him. I stop buying his cards and I always circle back and buy more and buy more. And, and I'm not saying this because I'm not trying to sell. I don't, I sell maybe a, a few cards a year. I'm not a big seller and I'm more of a collector, but uh, don't sleep. If you want to make some money, buy Brandon Ingram. Anything, anything else you want to say before we end this? No, just, I'll be doing some research for the next episode. If we do, we do continue <laughs> this on. Yeah. Uh, I, fe- I felt a little unprepared today, but I don't know. Let's give it give it another shot. Yeah, it's the first episode. It so we'll see how it goes. This has been Randy and Keith from Card Insights. Please follow us on Card Insights 2 on Instagram. And we'll have another show out soon. We take care. <laughs>